Welcome to the Flourish Heights podcast, made for women by women. I'm your host, Valerie Adjamine, women's health dietitian and the founder of Flourish Heights. To be empowered in health starts with a true connection with your body. Together, we are breaking through topics surrounding periods, women's nutrition, body awareness, self-care, and much more. Let's flourish and be the best version of ourselves. Hey ladies, welcome back to a new episode. So let's be real, who else is utterly fatigued by the whole summer body frenzy, the postpartum body pressures, and the never-ending expectations. It's seriously spiraling out of control, and that's why I thought it's time we shed some light on this issue. So I got in touch with a remarkable body image coach to bring some positivity and help us cultivate a deeper appreciation for our bodies, because why not? Now, don't get me wrong, having body goals is absolutely fine. I'm not coming against that at all. But let's discuss where our society needs to draw the line. So our guest today, Dr. Lisa, is extraordinary. She's a women's health expert and a strong advocate for body positivity. Her approach promotes intuitive eating, embracing our bodies, and breaking free from harmful diet culture. So trust me, you're going to love and adore her insights. Just be sure you share this episode with your girlfriends who could use a dose of this wisdom. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, Dr. Lisa. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I have been looking forward to this conversation because, you know, girl, it's it's <laughs> warm outside. So mm. much to talk about as it relates to <laughs> body image. So tell our listeners yes. who you are and how you actually ended up as a body image coach, because you're also a physical therapist. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm Dr. Lisa Folden. I have been a physical therapist for almost 16 years now. And uh, that was a very traditional path through physical therapy school um, and a very uh, standard medical training and understanding of like body weight and size and health and all those things. And it wasn't until I started dealing with my own body image issues and my own postpartum body changes um, that I became more uh, cognizant and aware of what women and people go through when their bodies change. So I had just had my third child. Um, oh, he's about 15 months old. I had just stopped nursing him. And all of a sudden my body started gaining weight and I freaked out. And I like jumped on like, you know, the biggest uh, fitness bandwagon I could find. And I started working out seven days a week, wow. eating all my food out of these little small containers and just being really strict with my lifestyle. And I lost like 20 pounds and I was getting the compliments and the, you know, the, the, the acknowledgments and I was enjoying it. And one day I woke up and was like, all right, this is a bit much. Just gonna drop down to five days a week. I'm I'm gonna just be more mindful of my eating. I can get rid of the containers. And honestly, within a couple months, I gained back every pound I lost and some more. So I felt defeated. I was shocked. I was sad. And I stumbled upon a book called Health at Every Size. And that is where it started for me. I kept going. I read Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. I read Body of Truth. I just kept going and I and I started to understand that 
wow, this thing I've been doing my whole life where I've just been trying to make my body smaller wasn't even necessary for me to be healthy. And so it shifted my mindset and it shifted how I practiced physical therapy and how I approached my health coaching, which I had been doing for years as well. So that is how I became what I call a weight inclusive physical therapist and an anti-diet health and body image coach. You definitely have a story behind yeah. all of this. And I mean, it's it's insane. Like, I feel like this this episode is very much needed because we can never get enough reminders around just having a more positive or healthy relationship yeah. with our body. And I mean, this is a journey with highs and lows. You were a mom. You went through that. You you came mm-hmm. to a point where you're like, I just can't do this anymore. This is not right. This is not healthy. I'm right. so glad you stumbled upon that book because that mm-hmm. seems like it, it just shifted your entire life for, for the better. It did. 100 percent. I'm, I'm so grateful for that experience. When I was going through it, I was like, oh, but, you know, after getting the knowledge and the information, it's like it just opened me up to a whole new world. And I, I'm experiencing like food and body freedom that I've never had before in my entire. And when I say entire life, I'm, I started disliking my body when I was 11. So mm. I'm telling you, I it's been such a beautiful shift and it's been great to help other people with that. I really love that. And and now, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's summertime. Like I said, it's warm outside. Yeah. It almost feels like there's so much more like pressure to change yeah. or adjust our bodies into something we feel that it has to be or must be. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've been noticing a lot lately is, especially on the internet, I mean, you know, it's the internet. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's the, the pressure to quote unquote snap back into your, yeah. your pre-pregnancy body right after giving birth. And I know there's been a lot of awareness from like, you know, a lot of public figures and just Mm -hmm. prominent platforms helping to reframe this. So I want to ask you, Dr. Lisa, what's what's the deal with the snapback culture? Why is it so glamorized? Is this toxic for mothers? Um, It's definitely toxic. (laughs) We can start there for sure. It's been glamorized because of media, you know, major media and social media. Um, And it's it's really sad. And it's so if you think about it, right, um, if you, you know, carry a child in your body, you know, for nine months or close to it, and then you deliver that child via cesarean or vaginal delivery, and then you are bleeding for months and you are, you know, trying to manage and balance the changing hormones and maybe you're not sleeping much. Um, maybe you don't have a partner or you have limited support from your partner or your village. Maybe you have to go back to work pretty soon. There are so many things going on in the life mm-hmm. <laughs> and the body of a new mom. It is shameful that we have to focus on snapping back. And I like to tell my clients and, you know, people that follow my social media, you will never be that person again. Okay. You will never, even if you look just like her or very similar, you will never be that person again because you are now a mother. Your body has done something majorly miraculous. And so really stop focusing on who you were before and what you looked like before. Focus on the now and what comes next and take that unnecessary 
pressure off of you because yeah, it comes from the media, social media, sometimes friends and family, but also we put oh, it on yeah. ourselves. Friends and family. <laughs> yeah. Friends and family can be the worst, unfortunately, uh-huh. but you, we also put it on ourselves, you know, when we buy into that thought process and we set these goals for ourselves and we do all these before, during and after photos and mm-hmm. post them to social, like we play into the game and it takes women, you know, because I would say we are the ones obviously impacted by snapback culture, but by Body image issues in general, it takes us to really just stand up for ourselves and say, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> like I'm not doing it anymore. Um, I hate snapback culture. I've, I've done all kinds of podcasts on that topic alone. So um, if you want some tips for um, not engaging, <laughs> I can definitely help with that. Dr. Lisa is the person, <laughs> you guys. Um, yes. So yeah, like this social media driven slap snapback culture, it, it just not only sets that unrealistic expectation for new moms, but it also like reinforces or tells us that, you know, fitness needs to look a certain way in any situation yeah. and, and not just in the postpartum period. Mm-hmm. And and you said it yourself. I mean, so many changes occur, like with the hormones and, and everything that's happening, you just getting mm-hmm. used to a new life with this new human being that right. you have to take care of all, of, you know, all of a sudden, all um, of a sudden. <laughs> your, your body, your body's going through changes. So whether that's, you know, you're recovering from birth or you are dealing with, I mean, a lot of people deal with like digestive changes and issues mm-hmm. like constipation some people have yes. low energy but hair loss especially is something I hear oh. quite a lot mm-hmm. and so can these new changes present um some body image challenges and um yeah like do you yeah. have any stories from your clients or you know that you've worked with who have experienced this and what has what has helped them through this this time of of these hurdles Yeah, that's a great question. And absolutely, all of those changes can impact, you know, your body image. Your body image is just your thoughts and feelings about your body, right? It's this, what you kind of create in your mind about how you feel about what your body is looking like, what it's doing, what it's unable to do, and all of that. And so, yeah, when you have a a baby and you go through the changes, um, many of my clients and my friends, my dear friends, dealt with, you know, the changes in their body the hair loss, all of those things. I experienced some of them as well. And, you know, the first thing to do, you know, when we're talking about that is to make sure that you understand it's okay to feel a way about it, right? You're dealing with something new. You've never experienced this before, or maybe you have, but it's different than the last time. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be comfortable in your skin. I think, you know, the cool thing about body positivity, you know, I do like to always acknowledge that the, the, body positivity movement was really started by fat activists. It was really, you know, it really came to be by people who were trying to um, help this world see the the beauty in in fat bodies and large bodies because we always marginalize them and make it seem like if you're in a large body there's something wrong or you're lazy or you're not smart so many negative things um but body positivity started to take off because you know other people ran with it you know mainstream diet culture kind of took over and now it's like you know maybe a thin person bending over showing an extra roll in their stomach like oh be positive Mm-hmm. That that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm and some of it gets very toxic, right? Like, oh, just love you love your body. You look wonderful. Just say I'm beautiful. That's that can be not so much helpful to people. Easier so I'm said not than done. right. It's so much easier said than done. So I don't promote and encourage that toxic positivity. I tell my clients, my friends myself to sit in those feelings sometimes. Understand your body has changed. 
It's okay to be uncomfortable with it. And then what you have to do from there is work on dispelling the negative voice, that negative tone, those mean things you're thinking or maybe saying about yourself, and then start to lean toward what I what we call uh, body neutrality. So not so much positivity like, oh, I look so beautiful. I love myself. Those are great feelings if you have them for real, <laughs> mm-hmm. but starting with respect and appreciation. You know what I mean? Just simply like my body is my body. I'm learning to accept it. I'm learning to be comfortable in it. You know, my body has done X, Y, and Z for me. I'm grateful, those types of things. So, so that's where I start with people who are managing all these changes, you know, in their postpartum body and, and having difficulty accepting and seeing themselves, um, you know, in the same light or as valuable or good or whatever, whatever the, the issue is, but it's a process and it's ongoing. I've been doing this for years now and helping other people and I still have tough days and you mm-hmm. will, you know, so it's, it's, you have to kind of make peace with that fact that it's not a linear journey. It's, it's going to be up and down. You're going to have good days, bad days, and and medium days, and that's okay. And it's okay. And mm-hmm. um, I guess, like, as a mom of three and mm-hmm. body image coach, and you, you shared a little bit about this, just your mm-hmm. overall journey. Um, did you, like, what is one specific thing that you remember that really was like super hard for you, really challenging. Like if you're open to sharing, like what yeah. was it like? How did you get through? Like, I, I we want to hear more about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you heard my story and you know, the, the crazy thing about it is it was challenging for me because I was always known as the fitness person. Like since I was in high school, I was a runner, a dancer. So even though I struggled internally with my body, I think most people saw me as sort of an example of fitness and health. And so the worst part about that whole process is after each of my pregnancies, I lost the weight I gained with pregnancy within a few weeks to a month. So I wasn't the person who carried, I did, it just kind of came off naturally with nursing and, you know, just kind of moving around, you know, Mm -hmm. caring for children. So I didn't have that initial like, oh, she didn't snap back. It was, like I said, afterwards, once I was done nursing and settling back into a normal life, when my body started to shift and change and it freaked me out because I was in the process of trying to film like a fitness a weight loss. I was trying to market a weight loss program. Oh, <laughs> so <wow. laughs> here I was trying to be the face of weight loss and I could not figure out how to um, maintain weight loss in a healthy way that wasn't, you know, basically disordered. And I felt so much shame. That was the worst part of it. The shame, the feeling like I needed to excuse or explain my body because it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I later learning like, that's not how our bodies work, but I believe that so, so strongly back then, um, but there was just so much shame. So that, the mental side of what we do and the the uh, how far we reach to try to look a certain way or lose a certain amount of weight, that mental shame is the worst part. It was so hard to come back from that 
because I started seeing myself in such a negative light. I started feeling like I was an imposter. I didn't know what I was doing. Why would anybody pay for my services or trust me? I couldn't, you know, I didn't have the discipline or the willpower, which I've been a disciplined person my entire life. So it was, but it's that, that shame took over. So that was probably the worst part of it. That was worse than actually managing the changes in my body. Mm-hmm. It was managing the shame in my in my spirit for not looking and being a certain way. No, and I appreciate you sharing that because, yeah. I mean, even going back to what you said earlier on like the tough days and that mm-hmm. it will happen and they are normal. And that just brings me to, um, you know, so- oftentimes like, you know, people tend to grieve their old bodies. So Mm -hmm. what, you know, what do you have to say about that? Are there any ways to approach when those tough days happen? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think grieving the body was not a concept that I was familiar with until I started following uh, Brie Campos, who uh, does body image coaching, I think, from the standpoint of grief and acknowledging the grief. And that has been such a eye-opening experience for me to recognize like it's okay to grieve you know we think of grieving as like when someone dies but no we can grieve all types of things um you know so grieving your body or what it used to be it's okay it's so it's again it's sitting in that feeling of like okay this is how I used to look (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is how I look now this makes me a little uncomfortable. I think I prefer (laughs) how I used to look it's okay to feel that way and it's okay to be honest with yourself But what I also like to point out is in my life, I have definitely grieved my former bodies, my clients. They can they can pull up a picture and show me what they used to look like. But you know what they say when I ask them, (laughs) I ask them a question. I was like, can you like just teleport yourself back to that moment in that picture in this body now that you think is great? How did you feel about that body when you were in it? And almost every last one of them will tell me, oh, I was trying to lose weight then too. I didn't really like myself then. (laughs) So (laughs) the reality is we have existed in different bodies over the course of our lives. Mm -hmm. And only now in hindsight, can we go back and pick one and say, yeah, that was the one. When we were in that body, we didn't think it was good then. We it wasn't. It's good so enough true. Then. <laughs> so we're never good enough. So we have to understand it's never been about our bodies. It's about the way we think about our bodies. That's so, so true. You know, it, and it's a it's something to unpack there for sure. But if you just start there and just are honest with yourself, you didn't like the body you had before either. Not for real. <laughs> you know. So yeah. No, yeah. that's such a good point because. I'm just remembering, you know, I work with clients one-on-one and, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a client that I worked with at at one point. um, So this was like still around the pandemic time, maybe before, and Mm -hmm. they gained some weight during the pandemic. Of course, that's been a Mm -hmm. big thing. Um, And, you know, they were grieving their pre-pandemic, you know, body. And so we talked about that. And, and, Similarly to what you had asked your client, you know, mm-hmm. their response was more like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's so crazy because when I look at my old pictures, I looked great then. I liked how I looked, but I realized mm-hmm. I was also trying to lose weight at that point, too. Yep. And yep. and you're right. It is it is a mental. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's the mental aspect of all of this. And yeah. that's why it's so important for us to reframe our thinking. Um, yes. And so I also realized that snapback culture has like 
infiltrated our society more than I yeah. initially had thought. So for example, maternal maternity leave, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's inadequate in the US. Um, even it though is. people are covered through like the what the family medical act leave act yes like mm-hmm. um, it only guarantees like what 12 weeks of unpaid leave so you right. know it means people aren't you know they may not they may need to go back to work before the time um mm-hmm. you know even if their companies don't offer any kind of paid leave like it's they want them to come back but it's not time you know yeah. your body's still like healing and so um you know those who are going through this they may feel the pressure to bounce back into their pre-pregnancy body and yeah you know to certain routines just weeks um so i just i mean i wanted to just say like to our listeners like don't let society's norms dictate your postpartum journey. It's, That's it's right. totally different, you know? Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, oh gosh, I feel like we can go on and on, but it, it's, <laughs> it, it's a lot. This, it this is a topic lot. in itself is, is very complex. Um, mm-hmm. But okay. So any last words on that? <laughs> As we continue <laughs> on over here. No, no, I think we covered it. And and you're right. It's a lot. We could just talk about that in itself. But um, but I think I think you nailed it. And it's just it's it's an ongoing conversation for sure. It is. And these re- reminders are also so important. So um, switching gears a little bit every single year. Well, at least <laughs> from what I see as a dietitian, um, mm-hmm. when the days become longer and hotter and sweatier, we're reminded yes. of this concept um the 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 summer body so initial thoughts there because I have some questions (laughs) to throw at you Dr. Lisa but initial thoughts around the summer body um you know I I just think it's silly I will I I know what it is it's a very um clear creative tactic of diet culture uh people who are invested in diet culture so that will be the fitness companies and you know the gyms and the the diet food companies it's it's just marketing so in encouraging people to do something to drastically change their bodies so that they can look good and i'm doing air quotes <laughs> in mm-hmm. a bathing suit or in less clothing um so i'm again not a fan not a fan of snapback culture not a fan of summer body culture you know, it's it's just all effective marketing that, you know, has a lot of us in a chokehold, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, that's a good word. Yeah. It's the chokehold that we're mm-hmm. all in. <laughs> yes. And I don't I don't know. It's like, you know, it, how it's all appearing online. It's like, OK, if we want to show off additional skin as the weather gets warmer, we're told not just that we should, but that mm-hmm. we must get into shape, quote unquote, and stay in shape all spring and summer. Or they'll say like, oh, you know, in in, like you know during the winters that's when you're working on your summer body there's like a yeah. catchy phrase for that I don't know what it is yeah I can't keep up but <laughs> and then that is to like suggest that our enjoyment during this season depends wholly on whether or not we've got you know our tummies our thighs and and you mm-hmm. know whatever else to spare so yeah the pressure is real especially mm-hmm especially for individuals going through their own body image challenges so what are yeah. some ways to block out that noise Oh, that's a great question. So um, it's everywhere, right? You will hear it in your home, in your community, on the television, social media ads, everything. So you have to be very um, forward thinking and have to be very uh, proactive about blocking it out. So the first thing I tell people to do is to mute and unfollow accounts that are Mm. pushing that rhetoric, that are encouraging, you know, you know, detoxes and 
and fasting and whatever to get your body to look a certain way and that are showing you images of people in the exact same type of body. So uh, curate a better social media feed where you see people in varying size bodies living and doing their lives, maybe in health and fitness or whatever, but just normalizing normal bodies. Being healthy and being fit does not require you to look a certain way. Enjoying the summer does not require you to look a certain way. You can wear the bikini, you can wear the little shorts and have rolls and cellulite. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. So mute and unfollow accounts on social media that have you, that would have you to believe otherwise. I tell people when they're doing like the workout DVDs, mute those as well. Turn them off and blast your music, use closed caption because so many of the statements that will be made in those those videos and those workout programs are are you know they're really fat phobic that's what it is it's mm-hmm. this idea that you know we're here to make sure we're not fat because that is the absolute worst thing you can be in life <laughs> so muting those and or not doing them at all finding other ways to work out in a more safe space um and then speaking up for yourself like don't allow people to comment on your body say something when they say something let them know it's not okay you might be helping the next person that they're going, you know, maybe going to fat shame or body shame in some way. And then um, find your people, find your tribe. If it's on social media, if it's in real life, connect with other like-minded people that don't fall into this diet culture nonsense and can really uplift you and support you and help you. That has been the biggest thing for me, connecting with the people that I found on social media um, and in real life that have really just been so positive about walking away from diet culture and all of its nonsense. Um, so those are really the best ways. Surround yourself with the the voices that you need to hear as opposed to the ones that are kind of all over. It's like if you're recovering from, you know, uh, being an alcoholic, right? Indulging too much. You can't really hang out with the alcoholics, right? Because you're trying to do something new. So it's the same idea when you're trying to block out all of this diet culture rhetoric about summer bodies and getting snatched. You have to really insulate yourself and surround yourself with a different type of uh, influence, if that makes sense. No, I love all those tips, especially the one around just curating a better social media feed, because let's be real, a lot of us kind of live online. Yes, we do. (laughs) You know, these accounts or these wellness brands, you know, the diet industry just profits off of like people's insecurities. Like that's just what it is. It's like a marketing ploy or tactic used by so many of these accounts. So I I really think that's important and such a great reminder for all of us to do. Um, like ongoing, like make that part of your routine every, mm-hmm. I don't know, couple months or whatever works for you. But that that's Absolutely. important. And so I get a lot of these uh, pitches like in my inbox. Um, a mm-hmm. few a few weeks ago, I received a pitch from a mom daughter duo and no names here, looking uh-huh. to raise awareness around their cellulite removal journey. And what struck me the most was what she quoted in her pitch. So I I pulled this from her pitch. Um, So I quote, putting on shorts or wearing bikinis became a sign of low self-esteem. I was embarrassed when I put on a bikini. When going to the beach, I would ask someone to go to the sea to fill up a bucket of water for me to cool off alone in the sand. Not feeling comfortable with your own body is an issue for so many women. I didn't wear certain clothes because they made me feel awkward. My -hmm. self-esteem was down, like she says again. And I always felt uncomfortable when I looked in the mirror. It was bad. So yes, Mm -hmm. as a result of all this, guys, she went to get her cellulite removed. And now her daughter and her are 
raising awareness for all of us, <laughs> the masses to do, because I guess, I guess having cellulite is, is a bad thing. So what are Apparently. your thoughts around there, Dr. Uh, <laughs> you know, I sympathize. I like to say it because you know, when you, when you live in diet culture, everything is about shame. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you should, you should pointing the fingers, you know, it's all about shame. Why'd you eat that? Why didn't you work out? And so when, when I shifted my thought process to health at every size and an anti-diet mindset, I had to remove the shame on both sides. So when I see people struggling with these things and, and, you know, going to plastic surgery or unhealthy, you know, exercise or eating habits, I have more compassion than I ever have had in my life. So listening to that pitch, it makes me sad. It makes me feel bad that, you know, she's felt, she felt that way. And it makes me feel even worse that she felt the, the way to solve that problem was to go have a surgical procedure or do something to, to get rid of, you know, what her body naturally had. Now, here's the thing. I have my very specific beliefs on all of this stuff, but I believe in body autonomy above everything, which means Mm -hmm. you do what you think is best for your body. And I don't judge you. Um, I may not agree with it. I may not do it myself or suggest it to my clients, but that is your journey to go on. So do what you think is going to be best for you. But I, I just like to pose the question to anyone who is considering, especially surgery, considering the surgery to change or modify their bodies in any way. Is it really about the body? Mm. And, and if it is, what does your body fill in the blank, having cellulite, being large, not having a big, but whatever, whatever it is for you, what does your body X have to do with who you are as a person? And in most cases, if you really think about it, nothing, it has nothing to do with you and the type of person that you are. And so if looking a certain way is the only way you can feel good about yourself, what happens if you're in a traumatic accident? What happens if, you know, your body just changes due to a disease process, something that you can't undo surgically? Mm. Do you lose your value there? Are you less of a great person or less of a smart person? And hopefully you can say the answer is no. So I just, I, I discourage people from going down that path. But again, I respect people's individual choices. I just think it's, it's a bad idea when we start to have this singular focus on changing our body, because no matter what you do, even with the best surgeons in the world, I don't know a single person who can healthily sculpt every inch of their body to be exactly as they hope or wish. You know, so it really turns into a rabbit hole or a carrot chase where you keep trying to, you know, like, oh, you know, people get the surgery where they'll remove the fat and it's like, oh, I gained back a little fat. I got to go back for a touch up. It turns into this chase and you start chasing it for the rest of your life. So my personal opinion is to to let the body be what the body is and focus your goals on non-appearance based things like strength speed, endurance, maybe number of reps, your flexibility, your energy, things that really matter in the long run, especially as it relates to your health, but not just focusing on what your body looks like. I have never seen someone's body size or weight on their headstone. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's because it doesn't matter. Like, so in someone, I don't know who it was, but someone referred to the body as a meat suit <laughs> and now I can't un- unsee it. So I'm like, you know, your body's just one small part of who you are, right? This little meat suit is holding our mind, our soul, our spirit. That's who we are. So let's just shift. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's just shift away from like 
what the body looks like, how much cellulite we have, how much body fat we have, and focus on the stuff that actually matters for us. And I think that's a a great question that we all need to ask ourselves and kind of reflect on. Um, And so, but for those who want to work on certain body physique goals, like, is that okay? What's like one, you know, a healthy way to approach this just very briefly? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, again, I respect body autonomy. I don't think there is a very healthy way to approach um, specific physique goals. Uh, I think because again, nobody can say, you know, take something simple like, oh, I really want my triceps to show, you know, I'm going to really work hard on my triceps. You can do that. You can work really hard on your triceps. You can eat a lot of protein and your triceps still may not show in the exact way that you want them to. So I really don't encourage very specific physique goals because when we don't get the goal we want, what happens then? Are we defeated? Do we give up on all of our fitness and health and wellness goals as a result? What do we do? What is the end result of that? So I, I personally don't encourage specific physique goals. I just focus on, again, the strength, endurance, flexibility, energy, you know, being able to do things you weren't able to do before. You know, those are really great ways to celebrate your progress and fitness that have nothing to do with the way your body looks. Yeah, because there's so many other factors to health that yeah, we don't even sure. think of, you know, yep. how, how well we're sleeping, that um, part. <laughs> you know, how much water we're drinking, mm-hmm. like, if we're going and having bowel movements regularly, like, there's so much. Um, so yeah. with all of that, what are like your top two to three tips of just like developing a healthier relationship with our bodies? Yeah, I think the first thing is to normalize your body and other bodies. And the way we do that is to look at our bodies as often as possible. I tell my clients one of their exercises is to go home, you know, in the privacy of their home, get naked and just check yourself out and to do it often, you know, for five to 10 minutes sometimes in the mirror. We often avoid what we don't like. And I think being more upfront and seeing our bodies for what they are helps us to normalize it and normalizing other people's bodies by, like I said earlier, curating a social media feed where you see different size bodies, bodies that are your size, bigger, smaller, you know, shaped differently because people are supposed to come in all different sizes and shapes. And when we normalize that, it is less uh, of a stigma to be in a specific body and less of a goal to be in a different type of body. So normalize bodies and make that, that okay, you know, not bad or good, bad. bodies aren't good or bad. The other tip I'd say is to wear clothes that fit. You know, a lot of us, you know, mm, we deal with weight one. gain. We deal with weight gain and changes in our body. And then we're just staring at these clothes in our closet that we can't fit or we're squeezing ourselves into them. And we're feeling awful about ourselves. Don't do that. Like you don't deserve that. Buy things that fit your, your body. Your body was not made to fit into the clothes that, you know, from your past. You know, clothes are made to fit you. So go shopping, go to the Goodwill, do a a clothing swap with a friend. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, wear clothes that fit. And then I would say the last tip would just be um, to seek support, you know, Mm. and that could be from a professional. You know, we're talking about our relationship with our bodies in the same way we deal with relationships with other people. People, we might seek a therapist, right? So Mm -hmm. seek support. If you need a coach, get a coach. If you want a community, find these people exist. There's communities on Facebook, um, pages to follow on Instagram, but lean into that support 
so that you can start, you know, loving and respecting your body and treating it, you know, the way that it deserves to be treated because your body has carried you, right? It's if you're, if you're alive right now, you live through a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) can we just say thank you, body? You know, that is a big deal. So, you know, lean into that, lean into community and support, normalize your body and wear some clothes that fit you. (laughs) Oh, especially the clothes one, like the clothes are meant to fit us and not the other way around. I love that so much. Oh my goodness. This was so helpful. Such great tips that you shared today. We are so appreciative that you came Mm -hmm. and joined our our episode today. This is one last question we like to ask all our guests who come Mm -hmm. on the show. And that is, how do you flourish? I love that question. Um, so I think I flourish by loving on myself and pouring into myself every day. Um, and that's just being kind and gentle with myself, but also very honest. Um, I I treat self-care as like a requirement every day. I don't wait for the weekends or wait for the girls trip. Like every day, I'm like, how can I seek pleasure? How can I be kind to myself and loving? And then I pay it forward by trying to pour into other people. So it's like, you know, a big community garden. Like (laughs) we're all blooming and flourishing because everybody is, yeah, like (laughs) looking out for each other and pouring into each other and, and being kind. That to me, that's the best way to flourish is just to be kind and loving and gentle with yourself. I love that. Y'all, you heard it mm-hmm. from the best. Okay. She says you guys need to do a, a summer cleaning of your closet. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Lisa, for joining us today. We really appreciate all of this amazing tips. You are incredible. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. See, I knew you'd find Dr. Lisa's insights incredible. So whether you're dealing with postpartum body image concerns, you're feeling the pull of the summer body craze, or just trying to navigate those really, really tough body image days, there's valuable advice here for everyone. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please, please consider leaving a kind rating and a review and be sure to share our podcast with all your girlfriends and tell them to subscribe too. (laughs) It's been a pleasure hanging out with you today as always. And until next time, keep flourishing. (laughs) 